Our New Testament reading this morning comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 1 through 15. Hear the word of God. Now when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. This morning I want to talk about just one word. That word is had, and it appears in our reading this morning at John 4, 4. And he, Jesus, had to pass through Samaria. I want to talk about this word had. I'm guessing all of you know the story of Jesus meeting the woman at the well. This is a familiar story. Countless thousands of sermons have been preached on this passage. As we work our way through the Gospel of John, I will take two weeks to deal with the story of the woman at the well. We read the first 15 verses this morning. There are another 30 verses still to come, and we'll read them next week. Today's portion of the account is a kind of setup for the whole story. The payoff will come next week. That's where the action is. That's where Jesus reveals his glory. That's where people come to believe in Jesus. But this morning, in reflecting on the setup for this important story, I want to talk about just one word, the word had. In the past, when I read this story, I always assumed that Jesus had to pass through Samaria for the simple reason that Samaria lies between Judea and Galilee. The shortest route from Judea to Galilee runs through Samaria, and so Jesus had to go that way. 
And, of course, while he's in Samaria, these adventures that are recounted for us in John chapter 4 begin to unfold. Jesus had to go through Samaria because of the geography of the land. That was my assumption. And his encounter with the woman at the well was just a fortuitous accident, a lucky meeting that happened as a result of that geographical necessity. That was my assumption as I approached this text this week. That is, until I discovered that Jews during the time of Jesus regularly avoided going through Samaria. Samaritans were unclean according to Jewish law, and that meant a Jew couldn't eat or drink with a Samaritan. The distance Jesus had to travel from Judea to Galilee was about 70 miles, which is an awfully long way to go on foot with no kosher place to stop and eat. That's why the normal route for Jews traveling from Judea to Galilee was to veer far to the east or far to the west, entirely avoiding Samaria. So that made me think to myself, what do you mean, Mr. John the Gospel writer, when you say Jesus had to pass through Samaria? Why couldn't he do what other Jews did and cross over the Jordan River and travel north through the Decapolis? Why couldn't he take the coastal road and go by way of Caesarea? There were options available. What do you mean Jesus had to pass through Samaria? So I began to dig a little deeper. And as it turns out, this little word, had, is really important. Let me explain. The word in Greek that is translated here for us as had is the word ade. This word shows up 16 times in the New Testament, and it means to be necessary. It indicates something that must happen. Now, this word ade can indicate two very different kinds of necessity in Greek. It can indicate a physical necessity or a moral necessity. Here's the difference between those. My mother's birthday is September 18th. Somehow my wife remembers this better than I do. And last September 18, my wife says to me, you have to call your mother. It's her birthday. And the sarcastic part of my brain says to itself, now it doesn't say this out loud, but it says to itself, I don't have to call my mother. Who's going to make me? Have to can mean a physical necessity. I'm under no physical necessity to call my mother. A bowl of water stuck in a freezer has to turn to ice. That's a physical necessity. A piano falling off of a skyscraper and landing on top of a hot dog vendor on the sidewalk has to squish the unfortunate man. That's a physical necessity. When the sarcastic part of my brain says, I don't have to call my mother, it means that I'm under no physical compulsion to do that. There's no law of nature that requires me to call my mother. I am, however, 
under a moral necessity or a moral obligation to call my mother. When my wife says, you have to call your mother, it's her birthday, what she means is, I'm under a moral obligation. To fail to call my mother would be just plain wrong. A day in Greek can mean either a physical necessity or a moral obligation. And according to my earlier understanding of this passage, I assume that Jesus was under a physical necessity to go through Samaria, that he had to go that way because it was the shortest route. I assumed that geography dictated a physical necessity of Jesus taking the road through Samaria, all of which would make Jesus' encounter with the woman at the well a matter of chance, a kind of collateral accident, pure luck, a random event. But once I understood that lots of Jews went another way to avoid Samaria. Then I began to think about this word, Ede. As it turns out, each of the other 15 times this word, Ede, shows up in the New Testament, it clearly means a moral necessity and not a physical necessity. And so it seems reasonable to me to think, that that is the meaning of the word in this case as well. Here's the upshot. Jesus had to go through Samaria, not because he was physically compelled, not because it was the shortest route. Jesus had to go through Samaria because it was the right thing for him to do. He had to go through Samaria because it fulfilled a moral purpose. Now, to get a flavor of how this moral necessity of a day is used in other places in the New Testament, let me turn your attention to Luke 24, 26, where we read, Was it not necessary, that's the word a day, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter his glory? That's Jesus talking to his disciples along the road to Emmaus. You remember that story. This is after the resurrection. A group of disciples who don't know that Jesus has been raised from the dead are walking to Emmaus. They're in dismal spirits. All their hope has been smashed. And who should they fall in with but Jesus himself? They don't recognize him. He was the last person they were expecting to show up. They tell him about all the things that had happened to Jesus, but they don't know what it all means. And so Jesus says to him, was it not necessary, a day, that the Christ should suffer these things and enter his glory? Let's be clear about something. Jesus had to die. It was necessary for Jesus to die. But Jesus didn't have to die because of some physical compulsion. He didn't have to die because the Roman Empire wanted him to die. He could have called 10,000 angels if he wanted to save his life. Jesus says in John chapter 10, I lay down my life. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up. It was necessary 
for Jesus to pass through Samaria the same way it was necessary for Jesus to suffer and die on the cross. The same word, a day, is used in both passages. Jesus had an appointment with the cross. An appointment that was set by God from all eternity and the salvation of the world depended upon him meeting that appointment. He had to die. Now hear me well. In the same way that Jesus had to die, Jesus also had to keep an appointment with the woman at the well. And that appointment was set by God from all eternity. Her salvation and the salvation of her village depended upon him meeting that appointment. Jesus had to pass through Samaria. Jesus had to meet this woman and offer her living water. Jesus had to meet her because this woman was part of God's eternal purpose. God knew her name, God knew her destiny, and part of that destiny was that she would encounter Jesus and that she and her village would be transformed because of that encounter. Jesus had to go through Samaria because his encounter with the woman at the well was no accident. His encounter with the woman at the well was part of God's eternal purposes. Listen to what the Apostle Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons and daughters through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. God knew this woman before the foundation of the world, before the world was made. He knew this woman and he knew what her story would be. He knew that she would need to meet Jesus. And so God scheduled the appointment and Jesus had to go through Samaria to keep that divine appointment. I believe that each one of us in this room this morning is here because of a divine appointment. Maybe you're thinking, oh, I had to be here this morning. Today's the congregational meeting. Or maybe you're thinking, I had to be here this morning because my wife would kill me if I didn't come. Those things may be true. But there is something bigger happening here. According to scripture, you are here today because you had a day to be here. Because you had a divine appointment. You're here today because God has some purpose for you being here. This gathering for worship is not a random event. The conversations you'll have this morning are not chance encounters Almighty God in eternity past made a divine appointment for you because he knows you, because he knows your name, because he knows what's going on in your life today, because he has a purpose for you being here. God has a purpose in 
all of the events of our lives. Sometimes we wonder about those purposes. I've found that most people don't ask God about God's purposes when things are going well, but they do ask about God's purposes when times are tough. When we get a raise at work, when our medical tests come back clear, when our marriages are thriving, we don't usually ask, God, why are all these good things happening to me? It's usually during times of suffering that we ask, God, what's your purpose for letting this happen to me? What's your purpose for bringing this trial into my life? The Bible tells us that God works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. We stand on that promise. We cling to that word of assurance in hard times and we look for the redeeming purpose of the trials that we face. 22 months ago, the session of this church decided it was time to leave our old denomination, the PCUSA, that decision was a long time in coming and it cost us a lot of work and anxiety and heartache. It also cost us $70,000 of cold hard cash and a heap full of hateful words dumped onto our heads as we walked out of the presbytery. But here we are, less than two years later, and in that time, our membership has grown around 25%. We're on track to finish this year in the black. And the biggest problem we're facing is getting enough help to take care of all of the children and preventing scheduling conflicts between all of the events that are happening. Our departure from the PCUSA was a costly trial. Was the purpose of that trial this growth spurt that we're now enjoying? Well, maybe, but if I were you, I wouldn't be satisfied with such a simple answer, because God doesn't only have one purpose in mind for any particular event. God has millions upon millions of purposes in mind all of the time, and they are intertwined in ways our mind cannot unravel. The reverberations of any single event go on and on and on. We touch lives in ways that we don't know, and those lives in turn touch other lives. Jesus had a purpose in going through Samaria. He had to go there, the Bible says. One woman's life was changed in that encounter. And when her life changed, an entire village took on a new tilt. And the ripples of that encounter reverberate down through history, even to this morning, as we look at this story and see Jesus at work, as through the lens of Scripture, we see Him at work in our lives. This morning we are about to receive a dozen new members into this congregation. These individuals met with the session and gave their professions of faith. And the stories of God's work in their lives are as varied as the faces you'll see before you in a few minutes.
these are people from very different countries, from speaking very different languages, growing up in very different churches, having had very different experiences in life. But each one was called for some specific purpose, or perhaps for a million purposes, to become part of what God is doing here at Huntington Valley Presbyterian Church. The body of Christ is rich and complex and varied, and each of our stories of faith is unique and irreplaceable. Jesus had to go through Samaria because there was one woman he had to meet. The kingdom of God would not have been complete without her. And so it is with each one of us, individuals with whom God has had a divine appointment, individuals who have been called into God's glorious kingdom. Have you met Jesus yet? Have you had a drink of his water, water that will well up inside of you to eternal life? 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Acts 16.31 says, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. Romans 10.9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Almighty God, in eternity past, set an appointment for you to be here today. You had to be here. And now that you've heard the gospel, I beg you to respond to Jesus and know him as Lord and Savior. Amen.